you so much for listening to our podcast today at Word of Life. We know summer is busy with traveling and all things fun, but we have good news for you. You can stay in church even while on vacation through our online campus. You can watch live on Sundays at 10 and 1130 and get fed throughout the week with inspiring articles, message series, and so much more at thelifeonline.cc. Thank you for listening and enjoy the message. I can't wait to open up God's Word with you. So without further ado, let's uh, open up today to the book of Acts. Uh, And we're going to look at Acts chapter 2 here um, in verse number 2 here in a minute. Uh, So in Luke 10, a guy comes up to Jesus and he asks him, he says, Good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, Well, you know the law, you tell me. He said, Well, you're to love God with all your soul, your strength, and your mind, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And Jesus said, You have said well. And he said, Well, who then is my neighbor? And Jesus goes on to tell a story, and it's the story, many of you know it, called the Good Samaritan. And in the story of the Good Samaritan, uh, we see Jesus tell the story about a person who was on a journey. He was caught by robbers, and while he was being robbed, he uh, was not only taken of his physical things, but also taken of his physical strength. And he is left on the side of the road, the Bible says half dead, which is a type and shadow of someone being alive physically, but not alive spiritually. Um, And they're left there. And you see in the story, Jesus says that there's these religious people who see this person, but instead decide to walk around it. And it gives the impression of like the pastor and the worship pastor. Uh, They're on a journey and the pastor sees it. And it's like, ah, not today. I'll go around it. And the worship pastor sees it. But it's like, ah, not today. I'll go around it. They continue on their journey. How many of you know we must all be willing to have our journeys be interrupted? We must see each other. Uh, We must not just look. We must see. Uh, We must come into a place where we see the world around us and their need for a touch of Christ and a touch of grace. And uh, Jesus continues the story and says there is another person called the Good Samaritan. And he is on his journey as well. But when he sees this individual who's been left half dead, the Bible says his heart is immediately kind of moved with compassion. And he goes over to this individual He stops his journey, he picks him up, and the Bible says he pours in oil and wine. Um, The wine would cleanse the wound, the oil would begin to heal it. Picks him up and puts him on his donkey, takes him over to the inn, spends the night with him at the inn, taking care of him, then goes to the innkeeper and says, "Uh, I've got to continue my journey, but I'll come back. Uh, Whatever this man has need of, give it to him, and when I come back, I will pay his bill. And he goes on his journey. And then Jesus said, who do you think then is the neighbor of the brother uh, who was left wounded? And he said, I suppose the good Samaritan. He said, you have said, well, go and do that. (laughs) So that's how you love your neighbor, is let your heart be moved with compassion. Now, I was meditating on that story, and I remembered something that someone spoke uh, years ago and said if the, the Good Samaritan did not have money, he would only had good intentions. He never would have been the Good Samaritan, which is why God wants his children to be blessed. 
And it's true in the story, the Good Samaritan is someone who is blessed and has the means to take care of not just the person, but to help the inn and the innkeeper, which is a type and shadow of a pastor and a local church, uh, that we don't just try to help people apart from church, that we bring people to the inn and we give um, even funds to the inn and the innkeeper so that can help people uh, in those types of things. But um, we see that this individual was not just someone who had natural means, but in the story had oil and wine, which is symbolic of a spiritual supply. Uh, so here we see in the story of the Good Samaritan a physical strength, but then also a spiritual strength. And God desires us to be physically strong, physically strong in our bodies, physically strong economically, where we can bear the burdens of the weak. This is a scriptural part of all of our faith, is that we who are strong should not just say we are strong and revel in our strength. Uh, That we who are strong should do something, we should bear the burdens of the weak. But it is not just God's will for us to be physically strong. It is God's will for each one of us to be spiritually strong. And I think Jesus taught this parable on purpose. Because I think so many times, even in our society today, we think, well, the spiritually strong should be the worship pastor. Like they should be carriers of the anointing of God. And the spiritually strong should be the pastor. It should be the teacher. It should be the Sunday school teacher. And we set these people up on pedestals and we say they should be the people with spiritual strength. But Jesus changes the narrative, and he said instead it was a good Samaritan. Now, Samaritans were thought of like the lowest on the rung. These were people who did not have their acts together, and Jesus uses them on purpose, meaning that any of us could find ourselves in him. That no matter who you are, and no matter what your past looks like, you see yourself in the good Samaritan. That God has so moved in your life that not only has he given you a physical strength. How many of you know God can give you a physical strength? The blessing of the Lord can come on you and give you a physical strength. Grace by God to see progress. Beloved, John says, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Well, somebody says, well, prosper, what does that mean? It just means to have progress along the way. That in life, you're seeing progress. On this journey of life, you're seeing a physical progress come. And so God wants us to be physically strong. And no matter who you are here, uh, God wants you to be strong because it's not just about you. It's about when you are strong, the burdens you can bear for the kingdom of God. But it's not just God wanting us to be physically strong. God wants us to be spiritually strong, to be carriers of oil and wine. Uh, And I would ask you today, and not to shame me or you, uh, but to inspire us. I I work out with a gentleman quite often. Uh, He's a a Marine. (laughs) And out of this, he calls me up higher physically every time I'm with him. And it almost feels like shame sometimes uh, (laughs) because I'm not on that level uh, yet. Uh, But uh, in pressing after those things, the deep in him calls for the deep in me in that area, and it lifts me higher. That I'm not just learning the workout, but I'm also having a, a desire to come up higher. And I desire for us to not just have, uh, you know, cute church. Now, nothing wrong with cute church. We're trying to make our church cute by painting it and putting stone on it and getting some outdoor furniture. It's good to have, you know, natural things. 
But I want this to be a place that when you come, uh, come into it, it's not just a good Bible lesson, but there's something here that makes you want to come up higher spiritually. Uh, that deep calls unto deep, and you realize, like, there is something there. <laughs> and I can see it, and I want it, and I'm going to go after it. Uh, and so I'll ask you this question as a means of which to call you up higher. But are you a carrier of the oil and the wine of the Holy Spirit? And when is the last time on your journey you encountered someone that you needed to pour the Holy Spirit into? That you were used by God to be a good neighbor? Um, and you found somebody who was half dead and in a state you could not help, but you knew you had another helper and because of the divine supply that you were a carrier of, were able to pour in something that brought cleansing not only to their life, but also healing to it. And this is what the Holy Spirit in this series is all about. It, it's, it's learning how to walk with the Holy Spirit in such a way that not only are you healed and empowered, but you are able to bring healing and empowerment to the lives of others. Um, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit in this series entitled The, the Bird, the Blaze, and the Breeze. Uh, the Holy Spirit descended as a dove, hence the bird. The Holy Spirit came as cloven tongues of fire, hence the blaze. And the Holy Spirit also came, we're going to read here it, uh, about it in the book of Acts, as a rushing mighty wind. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 1, and we'll read all the way to verse 4. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came a, a, from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind. The King James says, a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them tongues as of fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Now notice, the Holy Spirit is likened unto a wind. Now, some of the things that you, you have to understand about symbolism is the symbolism is there to teach you. Is that you might not understand this, but I understand this. And if I can see these two things are similar, it helps me understand the other. So God knew that many of us wouldn't understand the Holy Spirit, so he likened symbolism to it to basically show us if you can understand fire, you can understand him. If you can understand the, the dove, you can understand him. If you can understand wind, you can understand him. Um, in describing the Holy Spirit, Jesus said he's like a breeze. Now, this is very interesting. Uh, with wind, you can't see wind. But uh, with wind, even though I can't see it, if I slow down enough and pay attention to it, everyone say pay attention. To what? The Holy Spirit. If I pay attention to the wind, I can see the effects of it. And if I pay attention to it, I can sense the direction of it. So, and being mindful of the wind, and I was outside the other day, and it was a little bit windy, and I could see the effects of the wind. I could see the leaves bristling. I could see some of them falling. I could see the, the trees kind of moving. I could see the effects of the wind, 
But as I stood there and got sensitive to it and got aware of it, I could sense the direction of it. Can't see it, but I could sense it. Uh, I couldn't see it, uh, but I could see the effects of it. Uh, And what I want to show you is uh, through Scripture, this is a type and shadow of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and to, to kind of break this out and to teach it. Now, today I want to focus on that first part of seeing the effects of the wind. And then I think on Invite Weekend, what we're going to talk about is sensing the direction of the wind. Uh, so we'll kind of see how these things play out. But notice here in the book of John, John chapter 14, they'll put it up on the screens. Um, this is out of the Amplified. And basically what the Amplified Bible did is it took a, a lot of the words that were in Greek and Hebrew and just gave you the definitions that you find in a Greek and Hebrew concordance. So it can be helpful in understanding things. And Jesus says this in John chapter 14 and verse 16. He says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter. He'll be a counselor, a helper, an intercessor, an advocate, a strengthener, and a standby that he may remain with you forever. Now keep that up there real quick if you will. Um, notice uh, the ministry of the Holy Spirit towards you will be the following. He'll be a counselor to you. He will be a helper to you. He will be an intercessor. That's like a prayer, a go between you and God. An advocate, that's like a lawyer who will speak on your behalf. A strengthener and a standby. Now that word standby is important because basically what it's saying there is the Holy Spirit is literally by you right now ready to help you with all those things. He's literally standing by, waiting to be acknowledged, and when he is acknowledged, he will counsel you, he will help you, he will pray for you, he will speak on your behalf, and he will strengthen you if you just understand he is standing by. Uh, So when I'm around a need in my own life, the Holy Spirit is my helper. He's designed by God to strengthen me. When I encounter someone with a need, I'm not just there to be a listening ear. If I was just human, I could be a listening ear. But how many of you know we're more than just natural people? We are carriers of oil and wine. The Holy Spirit is there to help me strengthen them. Uh, He's an ever-present help, one translation says, in a time of trouble. So when there's trouble, I have help to get through that. Now, when we look at this, we see three types of help. Uh, He'll help you pray. He'll be your intercessor and advocate, someone who will speak on your behalf. The Holy Spirit will help you pray. Uh, Secondly, we see he will help strengthen you, uh, that there are times in your life where you need strengthening to either bear your load or to help bear somebody else's. You need strength beyond yourself. He is ready to help you with that. And then thirdly, he will be your counselor and he will be your guide. Now, I tried to write this message where I talked about all three things, but as you can imagine, I had way too much material. So my plan is tonight at Fondren, I will talk about the Holy Spirit helping us pray. You can either come to that or listen to the podcast. Uh, And today, what I wanted to focus on is the Holy Spirit being our power, our source of strength. 
Now, all throughout Scripture, when you see the Holy Spirit, you see him giving power, and most notably, staying in the New Testament, starting in the book of Matthew and then progressing, we see the Holy Spirit in the life of Jesus. Now, Jesus waited to do any mighty work until after the Holy Spirit came upon him, but when the Holy Spirit came upon him, we immediately see the Holy Spirit doing something for him. And watch what it is here in the book of Luke. They'll put it up on the screens. Luke chapter 4. Let's, yeah, verse 14. And Jesus returned to Galilee, notice, in the what? Power of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our helper. Well, what does he help with? He gives you strength. He is your strengthener. And when Jesus is operating, he's not just operating as Jesus, the Son of God. He's also operating as Spirit-filled Jesus. (laughs) Uh, Jesus filled with the Spirit of God. And notice what the Spirit of God is doing in Jesus. He is giving him power. Watch what it says as the book of Luke keeps going. They'll skip down to a couple of verses. Luke chapter 4. Next uh, one on the screen in verse 18. And the Spirit of the Lord, this is Jesus getting up in Galilee, his own hometown. He begins to preach. Notice what he says. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. So this is not just Jesus. This is Jesus with the Spirit of the Lord on him. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. That word anointed uh, means to be endued with power. Um, He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, the opening of the, the, the eyes of the blind. He's saying that the spirit of God is on him. Why? He is on him for power. Uh, In Acts 10 and verse 38, this is one of my favorite scriptures because it just kills religion, uh, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and notice with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with them. Now this is, there is so much theology here, it will blow your mind. But one thing I have to bring up is notice, healing all that were oppressed of who? The devil. So every person Jesus healed uh, who had sickness and disease, was any of that ever from God? No, you would not see God undoing God's will. Sickness and disease is not the will of God. In fact, not only is it not the will of God, apparently every person Jesus healed was oppressed by the devil. How many of you know we resist sickness the same way we resist sin? It shouldn't have any part of us. It is not God's will that we be sick or or we have sin in our life. Every person God healed through Jesus was oppressed of the devil. But notice, how was the healing coming? It was coming because Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. Now, the reason why this is so significant is because of what Jesus said at the start of Acts. So we see in Acts chapter 2 where the Holy Spirit is poured out, but look with me in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8. We looked at this scripture last week. But you will receive power... When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria, even to the remotest parts of the earth. Notice this. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be witnesses of me. You will be my witnesses. And Jesus said, you know, we read this last week. He said, don't even try to leave Jerusalem without this power. Why? Because the same spirit that was on Jesus 
is the same spirit that was poured out in the book of Acts chapter 2. It's not a different spirit. Uh, in Acts chapter 6, we see people who were not disciples, uh, most notably Stephen, who were filled with the Holy Spirit and with power. And from of that, they were able to be witnesses of God all throughout their community. In Acts chapter 2, we read when the Holy Spirit was poured out, we see power come through the church that in a moment, 3,000 people were added to Christ because of the power of that rushing mighty wind. Now, here's my point. It's the same Spirit. It's not a different spirit. You didn't get a different spirit than what Jesus got. You didn't get a different spirit than what Stephen got. You didn't get a different spirit than what the Apostle Paul got. You didn't get a different spirit than what John got. You didn't get a different spirit than what Paul got. The same spirit that was on Jesus is the same spirit that was poured out in the book of Acts. And the reason why this matters is Jesus is saying, you have been empowered by God. Why? To be witnesses of me. Now, any of you know uh, about witnesses or law, you know this intrinsically, that you cannot witness about secondhand stuff. That if you are a witness, you testify of what you have seen and what you have heard. And this is why Paul said, your faith cannot stand in the wisdom of men. Your faith, it must stand in the power of God. And the reason why we're losing generations is we've tried to make our generations followers of Jesus simply because we said so and not because we have shown them a living God that cannot be argued with. And if you compare logic with logic, we will lose every time. But when you can compare logic with the power of God, logic will pass away each and every time because you can't argue with, I was blind, but now I see. That cannot be argued with even if it surpasses logic. And the reason why we don't see this is because God uh, has tried his best to show us the ministry of the Holy Spirit. But Satan and religion has tried to take it as far as the East is from the West, from churches all over the world. And we have to see that the Holy Spirit is your ability to make Jesus real to you and real to others. That I'm not a believer in Jesus simply because I have heard of Jesus. I'm a believer of Jesus because I have witnessed his power. I have seen his power. I have witnessed a demonstration of his great power at work on my behalf. And when you read uh, the epistles, you see Paul said that you would be filled with power, that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead would quicken and make alive your mortal body, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, not only that you may know what is the hope of your calling, but that you may see what is the exceeding greatness of his power that is made available to them that believe. The Holy Spirit is upon you so that you can have power to be a witness, Now, what are some of these things that this power does? Well, according to the book of 1 Corinthians, let's go look at it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, on the screens, they'll throw it up. But to each one of you, now notice, to how many of us? Each one. So does each one mean you? Yes, each one means you, each one means me. But to each one of you is given the manifestation of the Spirit. Why? For the common good. What do we need? He says, I'll tell you what you need. You need the manifestation of the Spirit. You need the Spirit breaking through. In essence, what he's saying, you need the oil and wine poured out. 
You've got a lot of people around you who are broken. In fact, many of you feel broken. And he says, what you need is the manifestation of the Spirit to profit with all. And he's like, okay, well, great. What does the manifestation of the Spirit look like? He said, I'll tell you what it looks like. Here in verse number 8. For unto one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge according to the same spirit. Now, what is the difference between the two? The word of wisdom can see something in the future and speaks on behalf of God. The word of knowledge knows something in the present or knows something from the past and speaks on behalf of God. And here God is saying, I will give you power to speak for me. And when this power is spoken uh, from you to someone else, it will bring life and profit with all. And now I've had uh, the privilege of growing up around people who were, were spirit-filled. And so I've seen this a lot. A word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, prophecy, which is just inspired utterance. It's where God is speaking to the hearts of people. Uh, but I'll see this pop up in my life a good bit. Um, okay, I've got time. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking at the time to see how many stories can I tell. Uh, so out of this, I can remember a time a couple of years ago, I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma uh, for a board meeting. I'm on the board of a mission organization uh, whom I'm about to go speak for in Turkey. Uh, we have an open door there in Turkey, and we're bringing in pastors all over from the Middle East. Uh, and we're going to teach them about the Holy Spirit uh, and empower them in these things and then send them back to nations like Iran and all the... It's, it should be awesome. I covet your prayers. Uh, I leave out the, the day after invite weekend. And Pastor Chase is going with me. Uh, so out of this, um, we have um, this board that I'm a part of. That's this missions organization. And I was going to a board meeting. And so I'm in the hotel and I have a, about three hours. And of course, with having three children uh, and that type of thing, that whenever you find private space, it's like, this is a good time to pray without distraction. Jesus would often go to a solitary place for a reason. Uh, and so out of that, I just kind of pressed into God and I just felt his spirit. And that was as much as, as I shoot for. Um, the, the manifestation of the Spirit is a gift. And any time you try to force a gift, it's not a gift. Um, you can't force a gift. This is key. You can't force a gift. You just have to be yielded to receive it. And so the goal is to stay yielded which oftentimes uh, is easier said than done. But in this particular moment, I was just yielded. And, uh, you know, just spending time with the Lord. And I, I kept having like a nudge, because once again, when you're aware of the wind, you can sense its direction. If you slow down and pay attention to the wind and become aware of it, you can sense the direction of it. And so I just knew, like I wanted to get coffee before dinner, because I had traveled all day and was a little tired. So I wanted to get coffee before dinner, just a, a shot of espresso, hopefully good espresso. And so I began to Google like coffee shops, you know, those kinds of things in Tulsa, was unfamiliar with the coffee scene there. And I saw one that had like all these reviews and I'm like, yes, there. Uh, but just on the inside, I knew, nope. Like many are the plans in a man's head, uh, but the Lord's will will prevail. So I have the sense of that's not the direction of the wind. 
And I see this one and like I know I'm supposed to go there. So long story short, I went there. And I go in into this little place. I've never been there before. And I, I kid you not, like in the, um, the room, I could tell there's a lot of Christians here. Like you can sense light. Uh, when, when you think of light, like when Jesus says he is the light of the world, so oftentimes we think of like these type of lights that don't put off a lot of heat. Uh, but in the, their day, it wasn't electricity. Light was fire. And so when there is, is light, it's the sun. It is like a flame. And so when you're around the light of the world, there's a heat to it. Uh, and it's powerful. And you want to get closer to it, especially if you're cold. Um, and I could just sense, like, there's, there's Christians here. Uh, and out of that... Uh, I look over and I see this guy sitting at a table and as soon as I see it, the Lord gives me a word for him. Wasn't trying to, to force it. You can't force it. If you force it, it's not a gift. These are gifts of the Spirit. You just yield to them. But I sense God give me a gift for him. Um, and so I, I, I'm like, oh, because he was around people. And like, I'm an introvert. Uh, and so this is one of the things I'm praying for more is boldness. Because boldness is not just something where it's like, be bold. Paul said, pray for me that boldness may be given unto me. So boldness is not just something you conjure up with the flesh. Boldness is something the Spirit of God can give you. Um, and so anyway, I lack boldness in this moment. I had the gift, but I lack the boldness to give it. Because I'm like, he's around a lot of people. He doesn't know me. This could be awkward. So I just sit down in the corner and I'm like, God, if it's you, you know what time I got to be at this meeting. Uh, like, have him walk out. Uh, and so sure enough, he gets up from the table and starts walking out the door. And I'm like about to grab him, but fear got me. Because the, the barrier to all things destiny is you got to break through fear. If it's God, there's a wall of fear that will try to keep you from it every time. Um, and so out of that, that's why God has not given you a spirit of fear. Um, but anyway, uh, so like he walks out and I'm like, oh. uh, and I'm like, God, if it's you and I know it's you cause like, I can't argue with it, but help him come back in. And so I see him go to his car. He looks through the car and he walks back in and I'm like, Oh, so he walks into the restroom. I'm like, I can't do it there. That's weird. <laughs> it's like, I think I got a word from you. Not time and place right there. Uh, so I'm waiting for him to come out. He comes out of the restroom. He walks back out of the coffee shop and I know, all right, this is the Lord. And so I get up and I, I walk out of the coffee shop and I said, sir, he turns around and I said, I know you don't know me, uh, but I said, I'm a Christian and I can sense you are too. And I said, I believe I have a word from God for you. And if you desire it, I'll give it. Because you lay, you lay hands on no man suddenly. A gift is, is no good if somebody doesn't want it. So see if they want it first. This is why, like, even on prayer, you don't, a prayer team, you don't force your will on somebody else's faith. You find out where they are, and you meet them on that level. Um, and so out of that, if you're open to receive it. And he looked at me, and I smiled, and he said, I think I'm open. And as soon as he said that, I said, the spirit of the Lord sees you and you've been like a David who's been left out in the field. 
and you have watched person after person I claim to have the anointing on you, but the whole, on, on them, but the whole while you've known the anointing is on you to pastor or work. And I've said it, you've seen them go one by one, but finally the Lord says the anointing is coming upon you. And God is going to raise you up. And that you which once dealt on the sidelines will now basically be in the game. And God is doing like a mighty work through you, one that even other nations will see. And I'm saying these things and others, uh, some things in his past, and he's weeping, weeping, right there in the parking lot. And he looks up at me when it was over. He's like, who are you? And I said, I'm a Christian. (laughs) I'm from Mississippi, you know, those types of things. Um, But he said, uh, literally, for years I've worked for this church, and pastor after pastor has come through. And the board literally came to me this week and said, um, last chance for the church, we're going to anoint you to be pastor and put you in this position. And he said, the whole week I've been wondering if I can do this. What happened in that moment is God became real to him. And we need this where it's not just the Lord in, in types and shadows, but it is the Lord revealed. I went to, to Syria. I go on mission trips two, three times a year. When I say Syria, the border of Syria, to a Syrian refugee camp. And in there, of course, you know, you're dealing with people who are primarily Muslims. And this is one of my favorite things to do is to go into areas, uh, whether it's Hinduism uh, in India or whether it's, um, you know, Islam and some of these other places. Because the only way to get a convert there is to have a God who answers by fire. Uh, you've got to have the Holy Spirit uh, in order to see any type of progress. And we go into this little house in this refugee camp, and there is this uh, family who's there, and they've opened their house for us. Jesus said, when you go into places like this, look for a person of peace, someone who's open to it. Why? Because you can't receive a gift if you're not yielded to it. So find a man or a person of peace. And we go into this uh, little camp and this little dwelling. The whole thing was made of tin. And it was amazing to see how this lady had taken this, this tin shed uh, that was built for her by the United Nations and made it a home. She had hug, hung like pictures and frames of anything she could take from Syria and just make it her own. It would break your heart. Um, and anyway, we're there. And this lady, of course, I can't speak the language, but she starts inviting all of the neighbors into this thing to hear us. She is bringing them to us. And I'm like, what's going on here? And our interpreter said, she remembered when your team came last time. And I'm like, what? She's like, you, you sent a team. And sure enough, we had uh, Tabitha Thompson, who's our, our worship leader uh, at um, um, Lakeland campus, had gone with a team there about six months before this. And when they came in, they asked, does anybody need healing? And both her daughter and her husband were healed. And they became followers of Jesus there. So when she heard you were coming back, she wanted to bring in everybody. 
Because the Holy Spirit, he doesn't just give us um, gifts where we speak on behalf of God. He gives us gifts where we can move on behalf of God. And in 1 Corinthians 12, if you'll pull that up on the screens, for to one is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. Let's keep going here. For to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit. See, all of this is available at our disposal because the same Spirit that was on Jesus is the same Spirit that was poured out on the body of Christ. God doesn't give the body of Christ a different spirit than was poured out on his body. Now, Jesus had the spirit without measure. We have the spirit, whereas a body parts, uh, where to one is given this one and to another one is given this one. But the, the point is, is that each one of us have the capacity to be used by God to not only uh, come to church and hear about the Lord, but to see him. And to bear witness of him. And I want to encourage you in your own life. I don't have to wrap up here. But I want to encourage you in in your own life. uh, That you have a a return to the spirit of God. Uh, That you you take time to get sensitive before him. In in Acts chapter 4, you see him come together and just pray. And get before God. And the Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. One of the things you see with Jesus is Jesus is constantly pulling away to go be with the Lord and out of that maintaining the spirit-filled nature, the spirit-filled walk. See, the fruits of the spirit is gentleness. The fruits of the spirit is kindness and patience. This is not just what he produces. These are the types of environments he's drawn to. I read a story about this little couple who were missionaries to Israel. And they get there in Israel, uh, Jerusalem, and they get in this little flat, you know, they're written it. And there was a dove in the flat. And it just so blessed them because the dove is a type and shadow of the Holy Spirit. And they just interpret it as like, hey, God has called us here. You know, it was just a, a special sign. But they noticed whenever they got really loud in the house, the dove would fly away. But then he'd come back. And one day they looked at each other and said, either we can keep living the way we're living and lose the presence of the dove, or we can change how we're operating in this house and have the dove stay here. And did you know the Holy Spirit can be grieved? He can be quenched. See, peace is not just what he brings. It's what he's attracted to. Love is not just what he brings. It's what he's attracted to. Gentleness is not just what he brings. It's what he's attracted to. And I want to encourage you in your own life. God wants to become so very real to you. But even more than that, God wants to become so very real to you so that you can make him so very real to others. That your children aren't just coming to church because you told them to. They've seen him. 
that they're not departing from religion and a walk with Christ uh, because their religion is based off of just head knowledge. But they've tasted of the Lord and they've seen his goodness, handled him through miracles and words of wisdom and words of knowledge. And while it's not hard, so many times it is, because I feel like Jesus' parents, that story's been in my heart the whole week. They got so busy on their journey, they left Jesus in Jerusalem. You ever read that? Can you imagine losing Jesus at 12 years old? Like, it's one thing you lose your child. It's a whole nother thing you lose Jesus. They lost him, but they went a whole day's journey unaware of it. And finally, they, they lifted their eyes up from the journey and they looked around. It's like, we have left Jesus. <laughs> Had to go back to him. And I wonder how many times we get so caught up in our journey that we're not stopping for the half dead and we're not stopping to see, do I have my oil and wine? But how different life could be if we did. How different church could be. How different worship would be. How different preaching would be. If we were carriers of the Spirit of God. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you. In the name of Jesus. That you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with the oil and wine. And we thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus that we will be strong spiritually so that not only we can bless those around us, but we can walk free ourselves. Not by might, not by power, but by your Holy Spirit. We love you, Lord.